everybody. Welcome to episode 30 of Making It, the podcast where we ramble on and talk about making stuff for a while. I'm Bob Baggett here with David Picciuto and Jimmy Duresta. How's it going, Pat? Very good. 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 Quick week. Quick Quick week. week. Yes. That's all my weeks are like that now. Yeah. They happen very fast. Yeah. It's time just like flies by. It's crazy. Yeah. That's because we're having fun. Well, I hope so. Yeah, that's probably true. It's weird though. Like uh, I was telling somebody earlier that it seems like I have all this stuff to do and all this time to do it at the beginning of the day. And then about halfway through the day, I go, I haven't gotten anything done yet. And I still have all that stuff to do. And, you know, by the end of the day, I've barely made any progress. And yeah, there are a lot of days like that when you, you, know, you got to prepare, you got you to buy the materials to build something, you got to go and find the stuff, you got to get things printed sometimes. Yeah, yeah, all of a sudden, the day is just gone. And I get my most productivity done between like six and 10 at night when nobody's around. Yeah, definitely. That's kind of my time too after the kids are in bed. Then I go mm-hmm. back down to the shop for a while. Yeah. <clears throat> um, before we get started, which I guess we're kind of getting started, but um, before we really get started, I wanted to thank Luis Gonzalez, Jeremy White, and Juan Vargas. Uh, they're our top patrons on Patreon. And we really appreciate everybody on Patreon that helps out the show. If you guys want to support the show, you can go to patreon.com slash making it and uh, help us out that way. Or you can just go to iTunes and leave us a review and a rating because that helps us get in front of people somehow. So they say. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that would, be, right that would be awesome. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Um, so what's everybody working on? David, what are you working on? Well, earlier this week, I put out a video on the Korg synth side panels that I make. Last, I just I watched think, that. That's cool. Thank you. I think last weekend or last week I mentioned that I got a, a sudden order of a bunch as a synth blog picked up my uh, sweet these things that I build. So I had to do a bunch. And so I had to put my current project aside and, and do that. And I figured, why not make a video about it? So I did that. And I used to make them with a, I would take the old plastic side panel and use that as a pattern and use a flush trim bit on the router. <laughs> And lately, I've been doing them on the CNC, which I just find safer and easier. And so, yeah, I put that video out. Nice. How do you like the? Uh, I noticed your your X car with the with the Dewalt uh, flush trim cutter. How do you like it with that? Is it more powerful? Uh, the the uh, the Dewalt router is way more powerful and is awesome. It was quite the it was quite the upgrade. I can okay. I can hog out a lot more material faster, and it's it's it's. A pleasure to work with. It seems very accurate. It spins true. So hmm. happy with mm-hmm. it. That's I've, I've been playing with my X carve. I need to get the, the the collet to hold the bigger bits. I just haven't, you know, before I actually start videotaping some of the stuff. But I'm just getting to know the unit. Yeah, I got that same Dewalt, and I've had it since I got my Shapeoko two way back in the day. Seems like way back in the day for now. But I've had it <laughs> since then, expecting it to put it on a machine, and I'm like I've never gotten the mounts. So. I just need to get the mounts, and I'll probably add that to mine as well. Mm-hmm. Well worth the upgrade. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Jimmy, what about uh, you? Uh, I got this this project uh, that I'm working on. It's a it's a client job I'm building out in Grand Central. It's uh, I'm just doing all sort of all the decoration countertops. It's like an old. Uh, it's like a throwback to what I was doing before I started filling my time with more YouTube stuff and more of the liquor stuff, and uh, just following architect plans and working with the architect and the client building out. This uh, a kiosk. It's you know it's fairly uh, 
it's it's in a food court right near Grand Central in the Helmsley Spears building. If anybody lives in New York, it's the building in which there's two roads that drive right through the building, and the the food court is underneath one of the roadbeds internally in the building. It's kind of interesting, old New York architecture. So uh, David and I have been doing that. The, the job's been held up a little bit just because of the, the actual space, but it's finally coming to a close, and we're trying to get all that work done. It's a lot of work. I, I've been just so backed up. Like Every day I try and do a couple of hours on each different project that's holding me up. Finally got a make video done. Um, I just sent it to you guys, but it's going to be on make hopefully tomorrow of me doing like a proper book binding, which mm. is... Uh, I'm going to try and when I do my books, I'm going to try and go in the proper direction. In the past, I kind of had a couple of shortcuts, but those books for me hold up, but sometimes they do break, you know, which means that the spine starts to crack. And so now I'm doing it properly with a thread and a needle. So I did one of those. I did a big, thick book. So uh, it's ultimately going to be, it's about, um, I forget what the math was. It's uh, 140 pages. So you'll see how I did that coming up. And uh, I, Finally got another tips video out. That was fun. Me and Dave were in a loose mood. That was a fun video to do. And uh, I think uh, we're already talking about the next one, which might be table saw tips and tricks. Nice. We get to hear David's voice in the video a couple times, too. I like that. Yeah, well, (laughs) he he always goofs off and reminds me of things I'm forgetting. So uh, typically, uh, you know, whenever because we were just having such a goofy mood that night, I just left in a lot of the funnies that... From behind the camera, and, and you know, it's just it just seemed natural, so I left him in. David's always reminding me. He's he exact. He is the producer of those things. He like keeps a notebook and reminds me of the things I'm forgetting. So, uh, and he's also the cameraman, of course. And uh, so, yeah, it was uh, it was fun. It's been a busy week, and I have a lot more to do. Oh, and tomorrow I'm going to pick up the lathe that I bought last week. I bought a 1945 uh, South Bend lathe, 16 inch swing. It's a five foot long deck, weighs twenty five hundred pounds. <laughs> what kind of power does that thing take? Uh, it's a it's two twenty volt uh, uh, single phase, which is one of the reasons I I was kind of my ears peaked when I read it because I have a three phase Bridgeport milling machine and I have a, a phase converter or or a VFD a variable frequency drive and it's a little bit of a hassle. I mean, I don't use it enough to like. To, to, to just walk right up to it and punch the buttons and get it going. So every time I plug it in, I'm like, okay, how does this thing work? I just push buttons until the thing starts spinning. <laughs> and uh, I'm like, okay, it's working. Let me get started. Uh, so <laughs> this one I'll obviously be able to just plug in and turn on. So Because I do have 220 in my garage upstate. I'm sort of turning my little, my little garage out in the field. I'm sort of turning that into a machine shop. I have a big giant bandsaw, the, the one that I featured in one of the videos that, that wasn't working is now slowly becoming operable. I got it electrified and waiting on uh, the bandsaw blade. And uh, yeah, so tomorrow, Dave's going to probably do a documentary all day of us driving up, picking my trailer, loading my trailer, bringing the trailer back to the house. I'm not going to be able to offload it because we have guests coming to the house. So I'm just going to be able to store it for about three days and then I'm going to get up there and unload it. Hmm. Hmm. So does does Dave fun. have a brother? I need, I need my own Dave. <laughs> Dave has two younger brothers, yeah, and they're, they're like seven feet tall. <laughs> it's amazing that one of them is like a star lacrosse player in, in Syracuse. I think he's just about to go to college now. So, hmm. yeah. So I'm busy, busy days, busy filled days. And if you follow me on uh, Snapchat, you notice today we cleaned out the shop a little bit, and I put the coffin on the back of my truck. We're going to put the coffin upstate in the container. Mm. We have to we have to clear the basement out. the uh, The landlord basically said, "Come on, dude, what are you doing to me?" <laughs> it's like okay, so I have to like kind of curtail my hoarding. So all mm. the woods going into the container. I threw out a bunch of stuff yesterday and today, and just trying to clear the place up. Are you losing space, or is this just? No, 
it's just it's like it's just sloppy. I just have like piles of wood everywhere and things that I'm going to turn into projects and you know, so I got to go through it and I'm like, okay, it's been here for 18 months. It's going in the garbage. And so and I have two interns now that uh they're they're very helpful. So I've been since I have the manpower, I'm like, all right, get rid of this. Let's move this. Let's do that. So there's been a lot of people around the shop, so I'm just taking advantage of the manpower. Hmm. So that's it. <clears throat> right on. Well, I I put up a video earlier in the week. It was funny. We all three released a video on the same day, which was not planned. But yeah. a lot of people pointed that out. That <laughs> yeah, I saw the three. So it's funny. Um, but yeah, I put up a one for a little the floating shelf thing on on a French cleat that I did for yeah. a friend of mine. Um, and so I like the that. way you concealed that. Though, so yeah, that was really, really clever. Yeah, thanks. Was, was that your idea, or was that is that a borrowed idea? Um, I've never seen it anywhere, but I'm, I doubt I'm the first person to do it, but I've done a similar thing, but not exactly the way you did it, but I like the way you did it. You kind of simplified the way I would have done it. Yeah. I usually just build, like if I put a French cleat on the back, I just build the thickness of the French cleat around the very edges. So the unit oh, yeah. goes to the wall. So you don't see the, fr- so it's very similar, but the, the way you incorporated it into that back panel was, was elegant. Yeah. Thanks. So I did that. And, um, then I've been actually today. I got back to welding for the first time in a very long, very long time. So that looks good. And uh, yeah, since you guys a picture of it, so I'm making a desk frame and just out of square tubing. It's all just you know simple, but it's and it's for me, so it doesn't have to be good. But how many times did you melt through the wall of that square tubing? Actually, only once. Oh, that's good. Yeah, not too that's bad. Good. And I was able to kind of fill it back. So yeah, that's good. Yeah, it worked all right. Yeah, the grinder is my friend. Because <laughs> yeah. it fixes all my mistakes over time. Yeah. I mean, two tricks I always tell people when they're welding, and I'm not an expert welder by any means, but I get the job done. Uh, you know, welders are, are a very odd group of people. Uh, and I've had the good welders and the bad welders. If you're an expert welder, no one's allowed to weld. No one's allowed to even show their welds. No one's allowed to even attempt to even think they know what they're doing. And that's how most expert welders are. And it's kind of annoying because, you know, it's how do people learn? Not mm. by being ridiculed and told me that I have no reason, you know, I have no idea what I'm doing. Of course, I have somewhat of an idea. I know how to plug it in and I know how to pull the trigger and I know how to melt metal. So I do have somewhat of an idea. <laughs> Goes to all you trolls out there that say I have absolutely <laughs> no idea of what I'm doing. I have two pieces of metal stuck together where they used to not be stuck together. So I know something. Yeah. Now so. you might be encouraging these trolls to comment even more. Oh. Although right. those I will, pe- those I will pe- blast them out of the, <laughs> the internet. Those people, I'm sure, do not listen to this show, though. It's very yeah. That's a pretty good assumption. Yeah. I would imagine. <laughs> yeah. You guys want to hear a funny story? <laughs> of course. Of course. Do you remember a couple of weeks ago there was somebody on on Facebook? It might have been Mark Spagnola or somebody posted something that said, uh, you know, there was like a guy slapping somebody at a barbecue, and it's like this is what I do to trolls. Oh, yeah, yeah. It was like a little thread that some people might have saw. Um, anyway, I, jo- I jokingly wrote, I have a friend at Google, and I know everybody's home address, so they'll get theirs. So I was just kidding. I was just totally joking. And so today I'm in traffic going up to the Grand Central Station where I'm working on this job, and we're sitting in traffic, and I see these people in like an Uber next to me, and they're like all excited, and they're being all animated, and the guy's like, roll the window down. So I roll the window down, and the guy goes, Oh my God, I'm a huge fan of yours. He goes, I'm from California. I'm going to the airport right now. I just happened to realize, I saw your license plate and I realized it's you. And so we were talking through traffic, stopping at red lights here and there. And, and I go, awesome. I go, are you a builder? He goes, yeah, yeah. I, I, well, I work for Google. And I go, oh, that's awesome. <laughs> 
<laughs> I go, that's, that's awesome. Good for you. And, you know, he, he knew the make affair and stuff. And um, so <laughs> as a joke at the next red light, I gave him my business card. I'm like, can you help me with the trolls? And he just laughs. <laughs> uh, he laughs and I then joke- winks at you. <laughs> yeah. I said, he jokingly said, uh, actually, <laughs> I don't want to give it away. He, we tweeted today. So, uh, so I just gave my card. I was like, he, he said, <laughs> he just laughed and goes, yeah, because there's lots of trolls out there. So we just had a laugh about it. I said, I, I told him about that thread where I said, I have an inside guy. I said, with you now, I have an inside guy. And I winked at him. Yeah. But anyway, it was funny. Uh, it was funny for him to uh, like tap on his window. I never got recognized in traffic before. So that was exciting. That's, his, yeah, I bet it was. He was with his wife and his daughter and they were both like all smiley, like, oh my God, it's really you. I'm like, yeah, I do things too. Regular. Yeah. I got a car. <laughs> YouTube celebrities are people too. <laughs> I'm yeah. just like you. I'm just like yeah. you. I'm exactly like you. Celebrity <laughs> shop, YouTube celebrities shop and build things too. <laughs> yeah. No, I don't know. It was just funny. Yeah. So that funny. was my brush with the, with the fan today. Awesome. <clears throat> yeah. So um, today, today we're talking about productivity and, and sort of like the idea of uh, doing sort of like small product runs. Is, is that how it was presented by a fan? A fan asked yeah, us to uh, talk so, Yeah, I asked for topics a few weeks ago and Corey said how to boost productivity in a one-man shop. And so I think that could be applied to, yeah, the small yeah. product run or just like office productivity, general, yeah. whatever. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, it's a tricky thing when you have one man. I mean, uh, it's, I just mentioned that I have uh, two interns at the moment. And, and then, of course, Dave is always around. Um, we've been getting quite a bit done with a little bit more manpower, but it's crowded down there. And then you also have to manage people and you know, make sure people aren't just kind of dilly-dallying because they're not being asked to do something. Um, so it's, 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 I do find I get the most productivity when I am working alone. And we just said that maybe, I think we were on air when we said that, right? We get the most done between like six and nine yeah. at night. Yeah. Um, so for me, I really enjoy my, my alone time, and that's when I, when I really kill it. It's just when, like, I'll, I'll, if my phone is in the other room, sometimes I'll just put my phone in the other room, and, and I could really kind of groove when, yeah. when I'm working alone. Saturdays and Sundays for me are really good because I'm usually in the shop by myself. Um, but uh, talk about product runs. Um, a lot of times I'm asked to do repetitive things by my clients. And, and I also talked a little bit about the ice pick in, in my last video. I'm going to try and Dave and I are going to try and make a bunch of ice picks. And one thing I think is super important, and I didn't invent this. Uh, Henry Ford sort of uh, exploited this. If you're going to do anything in the shop multiple times, and, and you know, both of you guys and me, of course, all make things repetitively. I think the most important thing is to just do every single step of every part of it. At each time, like David, you just did the uh, the cork sides, and I noticed how you, you did all the you chopped all the wood, you CNC'd all the parts, and then you cut all the parts, and then you drilled all the holes. You know, mm-hmm. like that's one thing that a lot of people don't realize. Like if they're making birdhouses or whatever, they'll make a full birdhouse, yeah, and go back to the wood and make another full birdhouse, and uh, you know that's how to really maximize your time is to just like make each one of your parts, and you know that kind of that that's you know the Henry Ford approach. Yeah, I've I've heard that called um, the cost of task task switching before, where every time your brain has to switch from like one thought or one action to another thing, there's a little bit of lost time where you have to kind of recalibrate to what you're doing. And so if you stack up, and you know it's really minor, but if you stack up a bunch of those throughout a day, then you're you're losing 
additively a lot of time. But it, like in your, what you were saying, you know, if you cut all the wood, if you have to do this particular cut on 20 pieces of wood and you do all those in sequence, your brain doesn't switch to anything. It's just like, I'm doing this action 20 times yep. in a row. Yep. Then you have a single switch to the next thing that you're going to do 20 times in a row. Yeah, I, I totally agree. That's a pretty big thing. And that whole idea, I think, spreads to a lot of other stuff as far as, I've heard that talked about in relation to answering emails and texts and phone calls and stuff like that, where yeah. if you're spending time in the shop and you're, you know, your mind is in one place and you have to stop to answer a tweet, or stop to answer an email, then you lose your context. You're into something else that you're probably only going to be into for a minute or two. Mm-hmm. Then you lose that context and you have to go back to the thing that you're in in the first place, which is why a lot of people... And and I'm I'm starting to get this way, David. I think you do this. They turn off all of the notifications on all their apps and all their phone and everything, so that you know the contact from email and from Twitter and all that stuff will be there when you go to get it. But if mm-hmm. you wait for it to be pushed to you, then that's a distraction that's going to hit you over and over randomly. You know, yeah. And you, my phone you, goes off a thousand times since we've been, my phone went off like seven times. I don't know if you heard it. Yeah. <laughs> I just shut it off and put it on something soft. Cause even when it's on vibrate, it makes noise. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. <laughs> no, but that's, I mean, that, that's a big thing. I think, you know, as like, as much as we're inundated with like, every time you get a new app, it has notifications, you yes. know, I just got Periscope. The damn thing goes off 50 times a day. I haven't <laughs> used it yet, but I just like, you know, following the Stern show and some other people. Yeah. And the thing goes nuts. Yeah. So I think it's like, for me, David has said this before, but I think for me, it's becoming more and more important to turn those things off so that I I decide when I go to be on social mm-hmm. stuff and I decide when I want to be, you know, keep up with all that stuff. Yeah. And I think that helps. But Yeah. I, I've said it before. I look at the clock and I just literally visually block out time. I'm like, okay. I just finished this uh, important phone call. I delivered that email. I have about an hour and a half before I have to really start to think about my next thing. And I just say, okay, in that hour and a half, these three things are going to get done. And I just make sure they get done. And, you know, I'm almost, if, if, because I'm a good judge of my own time, usage of time, I'm a pretty good judge of that. I almost always, so those little short term goals are, are really important. Do you stick to those times if you miss them? Yeah. No, no, no. I, I, I'm pretty good. I'm like, okay. Like even last night, I, I'm working on this project for a client and I promised him months ago. I'm so far behind, but he has what he already needs. So I'm just making new additions. So it's not like he's, he's waiting desperately, but um, he, uh, he, he occasionally sends me a gentle reminder. When are we going to have those new tables? And so every day they sit there, they're like looking at me, staring at me going, you know, what about me? And uh, so last night I, I, I pushed him along quite a bit you know, before 9.30. And I looked and I was like, okay, by 9.30, this this aspect of this, and I'm filming it, so you eventually you'll see the video. I said, this aspect is going to be done. So then I could move on to the next. And, you know, and that goes back to that other thing we said before, where every little, pro- every project is just a collection of smaller tasks. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, you know, if I just continue to put a task behind me on each one of these projects, it's uh, it's really important to just make sure that I get at least something done every day. So when I look at my to-do list, which lately I've been carrying this little, notebook in my pocket. It's just like a little moleskin and uh, I'm holding it to the camera. And I have my little crossed off pages. You know, another thing I started doing, and I don't know if I've mentioned it yet, is the entrance to my shop. I have a collection of post-it notes now, a row of post-it notes. And each one of the post-it notes is a project. 
And uh, as the project is finished, I move the post-it note to the bottom. I don't throw them away. I keep them so that I could look back and say, in the last five months, I did this many things or four months. I only started it a few months ago. But um, So every time I walk into my shop, I go to unlock the door. I'm looking at all the things I'm supposed to do. So when you open the door, it goes away. So in the beginning of the day, I kind of get that hit in the face, the reminder of all these things that I need to do or you know, these projects that are current or you know, pending. Uh, or impending, however the word is. But <laughs> <laughs> looming. Yeah, so yeah. that that helps me now because a, a lot of times my my brain works several different backwards ways, uh, you know. And one of them is you know out of mind, out of sight, out of mind. You know, when the client calls me demanding, I'll do it that moment. Healthy, I, but I personally I don't. Sorry, I personally don't <laughs> block out chunks of time. What I do, and this works for me, is the night before I plan. My next day, Evernote. I use I use this app called Evernote, and it's just a note taking app. And it syncs. Uh, if I write something on my computer, it shows up on my phone or my tablet or whatever device I have with me. So the night before, in Evernote, I will make a list of things that I want to do tomorrow. And Evernote has this nice little checkbox, a little a, a little tick that you can put in front of each item. And the next day, as I complete that item, I get to check it off. And it has, it's such a satisfying feeling to tick that little, that little check, you know? And so every day I don't finish all those tasks. There's always more tasks than what I can complete, but then they just get moved to the next day or whatever. But I, if I, if I find, if I plan everything out, I am super productive the next day. Yeah, that's what I've been doing. Like with my moleskin, I, I have like all these crazy notes and you notice I draw pictures. I'm showing my pictures to the camera. I literally scribble out things. I'm like, okay, that's done. That's mm. done. That's done. And uh, it helps me. It's that same feeling of knowing that if I scribble it off and then I, I scribble it so I could also kind of still read it so that I could look back and say, oh my God, look at how much I've done. I'm amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I found that in my little pocket notebook that I carry, I'll, I'll sketch things a lot. And usually, or I'll, I'll write down dimensions for something but I don't necessarily write down what it is. And so often it's, it's a box, right? I mean, most things are some sort of box. And so I'll put down these three dimensions with a rough shape. And then, you know, a week, two weeks later, I go back to look at the notebook and I'm like, I don't know what that was. So what I've started Chicken doing, poop. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It could be anything. <laughs> so I've started, um, <laughs> just this, I don't know, it's silly out of like quickness. I'll write down what the thing is, but I'll take out all the vowels. So it's like, I don't know, I could just go ahead and write it out, I guess. But, you know, I'll just make a short version of the name, so I'll write it down right underneath the thing. So when I come back to it later, I can glance at, oh, that's what that was. I don't need that anymore. I can ignore it. And then I may mark through it like you were talking about. Um, but, yeah, I, I try to kind of tag those thing, the pages in the notebook. So when I go back to them later on, because, you know, a notebook will last me three or four months often. Like I don't fill them up probably as quickly as you do, Jimmy. Well, you know, I, I have the other problem of like, I'm like, oh wow, I just made this cool notebook. Okay, this is going to be my new notebook. And then my old notebook is like half done being like, what about me? <laughs> <laughs> I just started the new notebook that I made as a, as a, I'm showing that to the camera now. I made this as a class demo a few months ago when the semester was still on. And uh, this came out really good. I was proud of this one. This also is done with signatures, done the right way. And um, so now this is my, my newest current notebook <clears throat> like the last seven or eight notebooks i had are the ones that i've that i've made so they're all the same size and they just have different 
finishes on them. But <clears throat> my so, newest notebook that I made in this video that'll come out, I think I might have that as a guest registry for the fans that come and visit my shop. So I think I might keep it as for people just to write in. Oh, that'd be cool. Yeah, yeah I think it'd be fine because because I do the thing shop face. If anybody's looks on Instagram, S H O P F A C E, the hashtag, and that's everybody that's visited my New York shop. Hmm, I don't nice. think I've ever, did. I ever mention that before. I don't, I don't think, think so. That. Yeah, so look at shop face. Those are all people. They take a picture in a mirror that's hanging on the wall. A mirror that I made on a, a make video. Nice make magazine video. Awesome. Yep. So there's this other um, uh, other thing I was talking to somebody about at lunch today in kind of regards to productivity. And I was saying how since I've started doing this, <clears throat> excuse me, full time, I'm having to, and you guys are doing this the exact same thing. If I plan a project, then I say I want it to be online on this date, which means, you know, and then I back up from that date. So that means certain number of days before that, I have to do the editing. Certain number of days before that, I have to do the actual production. Before that, I have to do materials. Before that, I have to do design and concept. And so I'm end up working backwards from a lot of these dates. And then each one of each project has all that stuff and they all overlap and they are offset by like a week. So I was trying to talk to my friend today about, you know, how what's the best way to visualize that so that you can keep track of the state of everything. And in this may be a little more whatever than most people would want to get into, but he was saying that in his job they use a Gantt chart, which is kind of like a you know, like a, a left and right kind of X and Y axis chart that shows things over time. And they do that type of thing in in that chart. And then they, so a, a single project goes left to right, and then you stack another project underneath it. So then at any point, at any day on the calendar, you can look at where all the charts overlap and what is the thing that you actually have to be accomplishing today, you know, <laughs> I just thought of that would be the perfect thing to look at and decide which day is going to be the sick day. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I'm going to be sick on this day. I'm going to have a fever. And okay, stop practicing yeah. your voice to everybody at work. Yeah. I mean, yeah. this is a technique I've seen a lot of ad agencies use. Um, and now it's more there's digital versions of this, but yeah. I've, I've seen I've seen this technique used before. Yeah. Yeah. For me, I mean, I'm still so old school that I uh, I tried these programs and nothing ever seems to stick it other than just writing things. Uh, when I have a printer working at the moment, my printer's out of ink. But what I also do too is I, I'll go into iCalendar and I'll just print a couple of pages of the next three months. And then I'll just literally tape them together linearly. Mm-hmm. And I'll literally just write what needs to be done when. And so when I need, I just pull the calendar out of my pocket. And sometimes if it's uh, like I usually use a, a notebook that's a folded eight and a half by 11 paper. So I'll print those calendars and I'll glue them into the, into the notebook so that I can look at them. You know. And are then, you, you know, once all the time goes by, it's like now it's a diary. Are you guys familiar with the app called Trello? No. I've heard of it. I it's don't know what it is. T-R-E-L-L-O. And I think that's kind of like a, a digital version of what Bob is talking about, where everything is on digital cards and that card gets moved from left to right. I haven't used this app in a year and a half, but I, it, it might be something to look into if you want to use the ideas that Bob was talking about. So, Yeah. Yeah, well, the, I think you need to go on Trillo and make a card that says use Trillo and stick it in the front of the app. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> No, it's just there's so much information overload lately. It's just 
it's hard. That's like sometimes like I know, you know, when, when we all began this, you guys used Evernote and it was it was so hard for it to stick with me. Like I still have a hard time like opening it and looking at it because it's just like I'll just text you. I'm like, what's up? And, and I know Bob, you always say, look at Evernote. I'm sure you probably got annoyed with me a few times. And I'm like, oh, okay, I can't, I have to download it. You know, I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, the, I'm like the grandmother of the group. Like, is, how does it work? Ever what? How do you spell it? The problem with the technology is it takes a little bit to get used to. It's something new, yeah. but once you yeah. once you throw yourself into it, it actually becomes yeah. a productivity tool that I'm like, becomes can we just talk? <laughs> Let's just talk about it. Yeah, <laughs> I'm yeah. here now. Yeah, Evernote. You're right, David. Evernote is one of the the ones that it seems like it can do a whole lot, and it seems like a lot when you first open it, and I think the thing that's cool about it is that you can use it for as little or as much as you want as far as keeping track of things and whatever. So now, when I first started using it, I was using it for, I had like two notes and they were one was a list of this thing and one was a list of that thing. And I tried to make sure everything fit in one of those type of notes. Now it's like, I'll create a new note for anything. So I just have tons and tons of tons of random pieces of thoughts and just sentences about stuff and whatever. But Evernote is a place where I just dump all the thoughts, and it, it's got a pretty good search, so you don't really have to keep track of where you put stuff. You know, if you remember what it's about, you can search for it pretty easily. And so it, it's good in a lot of ways. And also, you can share. So, like, we all have notebooks that we work on together for this show, and some meetings with other people, we have shared notebooks. So, it's one of those things that I think can do a lot of people a lot of good just to have a single repository for all their stuff. Um, and then there's, you were talking about being old school earlier, Jimmy. And so this is not something you would probably go in for, but <clears throat> there's this thing I've been using called if this, then that, and it's I F T T T.com. Uh-huh. And it's a place to set up, like you can connect a bunch of your services that you have, your digital services, you know, Dropbox and Google stuff and Evernote and Twitter and whatever. And you set up these things called recipes. And so if, this, if one of those services does a certain thing, then that another service can do another thing. So like for instance, when I post an image to Instagram, a recipe takes over and instead of it posting a link to that image on Twitter, which is what happens by default, um, if this, then that will actually take the image and post the image to Twitter. And so you get the, you know, the photo posted in both places and that's pretty insignificant, but I was um, looking a couple days ago about different ways to use this, these kind of recipes to make stuff automated. And I found that you can set it up to look for certain hashtags on Twitter, and then anytime it finds a tweet with a certain hashtag, it grabs the tweet, copies it into your Evernote for you. So we could like set up a hashtag for topics for this show, and anytime somebody posted one, it would go into our list, and then we could just kind of grab from there. So uh, maybe those things like that are really specific to what you want to need and what you want I'm to looking, do. I'm looking at our group Evernote now, and and have you copied and pasted all this from from emails? It depends on which one you're talking about. We have lots. I mean, yeah, no, I'm looking. It's it's incredible. I should open this more often. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome aboard, so, Jimmy Durst. So from a, yeah. <laughs> are we on a podcast? We do have a podcast. I know that. Right? I got a great idea. Let's make a podcast. So the way that we work with this, um, or the way that we're doing the Evernote, in case this is useful for anybody else, is we have a, a separate note. We have a notebook, 
that has a bunch of notes in it. And each note is for an episode. And then within that episode, we have a list of like who's saying what, what we're trying to talk about, if there's any sponsors, you know, just kind of details that we need to remember while we're talking so we don't um and ah too much. And uh, so we create one of those every time. And then I use that when I make the post for the site, I use that note as the, you know, kind of basis for making the show notes and stuff. So it's a way for us to prepare and to handle like the post end of each episode. Mm-hmm. So Evernote's a really good tool. I don't really, I don't want to talk about Evernote forever, but I think it's something that a lot of people could use in a lot of different ways, you know, to be more productive. Well, I, I, I definitely have to pay closer attention. Like I said, it's hard for me to make to make changes. It's like it's just so difficult for me. That like I go stretches of time eating the same exact thing every day. It's just like, I mean, that's kind of like how my brain works. If it's like set and it's done, that's easy for me. And that's how I'm productive. When I have to like make changes and learn something new and figure this out, I'm just like, oh, I really got to figure this out. Like I got this thing the other day. I'm showing you guys online. I got this, uh, this thing called Ring. I was listening to Sirius Radio and they were pumping a commercial about this doorbell that has a camera on it. And so I, I was listening, I was editing and the, the computer was in like a, colorful spiral i'm like i'm stuck so i went and i ordered it while the computer was like rendering something else and um so i got it and then the same thing happened it was stuck here i'm all of a sudden i'm like stuck for like 10 minutes editing where i can't do anything because oh i had to restart the computer it crashed i restarted my computer and it takes forever to restart especially when it had all these different programs open so they all want to reopen at the same time so I went in the other room and I sat down with this thing ring and I figured it out, which is the type of thing that I would let it sit on the shelf for two <laughs> months before I opened the box. And uh, so that, that's what I need. I need to be cornered. I need to be like completely void of any other tasks available to me to like really sit down and soak up something new, which I'm not saying, you know, it's a good thing. It's, it's one of my faults. I just have a hard time turning the corner for something brand new. You know, case in point was my CNC machine, which I've talked about. I got it. It sat there for like two months before I decided to touch it. So, well, I think it's also really important to remember that, like, kind of what you said is anything that you can move out of the way to be able to do the thing that you need to do, you should take the time and move it out of the way. And if that means mm-hmm. like finishing your, I don't know, your taxes, you know, even that's something you want to put off. If you can yeah. finish your taxes and get them out of their way so you can think more clearly about the work that you have to do, then that's a worthwhile thing to, to do. And it, that goes for stuff in the shop, too. If you have a bunch of small projects and then one big project, and you keep putting off you know, 10 small things for this one big thing, you mm-hmm. should get rid of the smallest pieces. Um, yeah. And then you're going to have more brain space and kind of more motivation to... You know, go after the big thing that needs more attention, that needs more focus. You know, it's it's funny because that's sort of my theory when I have to edit. Like uh, I, when I have to like jump into an edit, and I think to myself, "Oh my god, I have like two hours of footage. I got to make it twelve minutes long, long or six minutes long." It's like the last thing I want to do. It's like I feel like I've climbed the mountaintop, like getting the project done and getting that last piece of footage loaded onto the computer, and now I got to do the hard work. But what gets me into it is like those sequences, because you know whenever you shoot a video, there's always that one sequence you're like, oh man, that's going to look cool. It could do that one or two shots that you're really proud of. And uh, so I always start with those few shots. So even if it's hmm. in the middle of the timeline, at the end or the beginning, I just start building off of that one thing that really got me excited. There's, and uh, that's, that's, that's always something that gets me into it. There's a book, and I think it's called Eat That Frog, where it talks about like... <laughs> huh. um, Whatever is going to be the worst 
task of the day, do that first. Get it out of the mm-hmm. way. And then it removes yeah. that mental block. And then you can go absolutely about yeah. enjoying your day. And yeah, mm. that's a that's a great theory. And uh, speaking of books, there's another book that kind of changed the way that I do things. And I think I brought this up before. It's called The Miracle Morning, where it talks about even if you're not a morning person, to learn to become one. Because how you start your day can it, it directly affects how the rest of your day goes. So if you if you if you sleep in and you wait a couple hours to kind of dive into your work or you just you just don't feel good, it, it really affects the rest of your day. And so the book talks about like wake up, exercise, eat right away and 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 dive right in and set the tone for your day and then what that it just allows you to be more productive and you feel better about yourself because you got things done right away you're checking things off your list which i talked about before mm-hmm. that's a satisfying thing is you know striking through or, or marking that little checkbox so uh, yeah and another book i really really love that book a miracle morning so check it out it's a really quick read too mm. you have to mm. check that out um, another thing that, like in the shop, if we want to talk maybe a little more about productivity in the actual working time that we have, I know we did an episode on organization, but there's something that I think we talked about there that I've revisited in the last couple of weeks um, about organizing the things in the shop in the in um, in in like their overall use. I don't really know the best way to say this, but basically what I did recently was I moved a few things around in my shop, but I took two sets of shelves and organized, like swapped stuff so that all the consumables are in one place. And then the other thing, the other set of shelves are things that I use. And now when I think I need an X, my mind says, you know, I need an X that I'm going to use and it's going to be something I throw away when I'm done with it or it's whatever. And so I know that I have a single set of shelves where all the stuff is that is consumable. And also, another cool thing about <clears throat> having that kind of grouped in that way is that when I go to Home Depot or go wherever, you know, to pick up some supplies or something, I can glance at my kind of consumable area and say, like, what's missing? What do I need to restock? So that I have it next time I need to use, you know, what what kind of screws do I need that I'm getting low on or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so I think there's some stuff, and maybe that's not the way that everybody would want to do it, but I think organizing your shop in a way that like helps your brain keep track of where things are and in personally in the order that you would use them or the sequence that you would use them, I think is really important for making the time that you do have in the shop the most productive time that it can be. Yeah. Um, what helps me too is uh, like every hour or two hours, it's like tool put away time because you use these tools and you just put them aside. So like I'll say to Dave or, or lately Matt and and, uh, and Alan, the new guys that hang around, I'm like, okay, let's put everything away. And we just take like an hour and just put everything away. And then mm-hmm. we're like at another fresh start, you know, part way through the day. And then we pull out the tools we need again. It could be the same tools, but now all of a sudden it's for a different task. And then knolling, we've talked about knolling. That always helps too. Even if like, if I have, do have like 10 tools on the table that I'm going to be using them, I organize them, you know, perpendicular to one another. And it definitely helps my psyche to see them organized. When they're in a lumpy pile, it's like anxiety. When they're laid out flat, it's like, okay, they're available to me like a surgeon. So that really does help too. 
Mm. You know, and then like when uh, if I'm using the lathe or the machine lathe, like yesterday, I oh you know I got I I'm working on my new Core seventy seven video, and I'm I'm making this this log. A log from my backyard is a big giant cedar log, and it's been on my Instagram the last couple of hours. I cut the top of the log off and uh, by hand, and then I used a, a router. It made tons of sawdust, and like partway through it, I'm like, let's clean up all the sawdust. And then with you know everybody on deck, it was all gone. And then an hour later, there was a ton more of sawdust. Clean it all up. But like working through the sawdust under my feet and stuff, I'm like, we got to get rid of this. Yeah. And it just like brings you back to a new clean slate. Like only like, oh wow, look at how much I've done. The place is clean. All right, what's next? It's like just gives you the confidence to just you know jump right into the next task, as opposed to feeling like dragged back by the mess. I'd also like to point out that not every single thing that I do in my shop needs to be super crazy productive or follow a timeline or mm-hmm. be a, a something that needs to be checked off on a list. Sometimes I just like to work on something and have fun, relax, just just do it. And maybe I'm not doing it in the most productive way, but I'm I'm getting the most enjoyment out of that. So there's totally there is like a tinkering time. Is yeah, really tinkering important. time. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's like super important for all of us. That's a podcast right there, tinkering time. Yeah. Oh, I, it's like it's like my favorite time. I think of that as like R and D work. Like yeah. I, yeah. I and that's a lot of what my you were talking about like your six to ten, your nighttime yeah. time or whatever. That's usually what those nighttime hours are for me where I just go down and like fiddle with something or try to come up with a better way to do whatever. But Mm -hmm. yeah, we should, we should talk about that at some point. Yeah. That's also the time. Like like if I'm, if I'm got like a hiccup on a job and I'm thinking to myself, that's the one thing I avoid. I've talked about this too, where like if I have a job that has one or two complicated aspects to it, I just do everything. Even if it's a movie or a video or, you know, like I knew and I just, if you watch me do this book finding video in a couple of days, I knew that I had to like hand stitch this stuff and I didn't know it, the technique very well, especially for a book that thick. And uh, so like, that's when I, I, that's another time is at six to nine at night where I'm like, okay, no one's around. Let me just try this difficult thing that's been intimidating me. And once I get through it, I'm like, oh, that wasn't so bad. From now on, everything's easy. You know, I, yeah, yeah. I always say, when Dave and I are delivering a job that's like a really complicated thing or, you know, it's heavy carry and we got to go through stairwells and stuff. Once we get through that initial thing, I always say that was the hardest part of the day. Everything else is downhill from here. Hmm. You know, just to keep that psyche like, wow, we're, we're in, we carried. When, when I have Dave on, we're going to tell the story. Um, when I worked, uh, I, I, used, I did a Leonardo DiCaprio's apartment a few years ago in 2009 and 10. I, I met him through a decorator and we worked in his apartment. And when Dave and I built a roof deck on the top of his building, and that was like the benchmark for the complicated, most difficult day of our lives. And uh, hmm. when, when I have Dave on, we'll tell that story together, maybe in the next couple of weeks. Uh, it's, and so we always use that as a reference, like how, like how many hurdles we had to go through on, on that particular day. And uh, not to mention it was downpouring all day long. And we had Ooh. so many things to carry. It was a, it's a long, funny story. But <clears throat> you know, I, we keep reminding ourselves like, okay, this is, this is the most difficult part of the day and it's past us. Now everything else is easy. You know, whether it's a complicated task or, or a physically complicated task, like heavy or you know, moving something through it, a difficult navigation. So that's a good thing to keep in mind. I can just see like every time you guys run into a, a problem, one of you just goes, well, it's not Leo's apartment. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, you know what's funny? And again, I'll save the story when Dave's on. That particular day, we both had on red T-shirts. This is so stupid. But we both had on red T-shirts. And every time something super complicated happens, 
we both make sure we're wearing a red t-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> no, like when we know, like when we know there's going to be a complicated delivery or a complicated installation or whatever it is, I'll get to the shop bright and early. If it's like, you know, we get to the shop at like 7 a.m. to start loading the truck. Dave is there bright and shiny with a red t-shirt on. He's like, where's your red t-shirt, dude? I'm like, all right. I go to my apartment and I put my red t-shirt on <laughs> because of that one day. You guys are adorable. <laughs> it's, I'm telling you, there's so many dumb loopholes that particular day. And, um, so that's, I don't Dave usually wears the red t-shirt more often than me. Cause my, I can, I don't I have one left. I don't know where it is. Well, that's probably a good place for us to wrap it up. Unless you guys have any other productivity tips you want to share. I'll save them for part no? two. Oh, <laughs> right on. Cool. Maybe, yeah. maybe we can do one more specifically about like a certain, you know, certain type of productivity or something. But I'm sure that everybody listening probably has a lot of really good um, recommendations and like ideas and stuff. And if you guys want to share those with us on Twitter, uh, send them to at making it podcast. That would be awesome. Or leave them in the, you know, the comments of the show on our site for this show. That would be great. Cause I think that's a good way for people to share stuff, you know, in the comments that you can go there and find out what other people are doing and what they thought about the episode and stuff. So we would appreciate that. Um, what are we watching? David, what have you been watching? I'm going to cheat this week. Cheater. Yeah, I know, right? So Bob and I were talking a little bit beforehand, and I was like, oh, crap, I don't have my YouTube recommendation ready. And so as we're hitting record, I'm flying through, and I'm like, I'm, I'm not sure. So I'm going to go with a podcast today. Mm. Yeah. it's cool. And um. This one is just purely entertainment. It has nothing to do with making or anything, but I my friends just turned me on to it and it's awesome. It's called How Did This Get Made? And Oh, that's cool. Uh it has a couple of the guys from the show called The League, which I love. And basically this podcast works like this. And I just I just started it. They have a little mini episode where they say, "Okay, this week, later this week, we're going to talk about this terrible movie." So <laughs> go watch this terrible movie and then we're all then we're going to we're going to break it down and and tear it apart and and so when they, when they do the podcast about the movie it's just hilarious it's like Is Nick is Nick Kroll on the show? Nick is not on the show no. Uh-huh. Um the guy that plays Andre from the league, he uh-huh. is one of the guys and then um uh oh man I, I don't I don't know their names. But anyway, check it out. It's called How Did This Get Made? It's hilarious. It's it's so good. Yeah. You don't even have to watch the movies that they are talking about to get enjoyment out of it. But if you do watch the movies, it, it helps. You want to you want to hear what a small world it is? Uh Nick Kroll is is uh is is I can consider him a friend, although we haven't talked in a while. Nick Kroll's brother is married to a woman named Nikki. And Nikki is my sister-in-law, Heather's sister. So Nick Kroll is like hmm. married cousins to my brother, Joey. Nice. Yeah. Crazy. Small world. Yeah. Small world. Nick, yeah. So, I mean, I, Nick and I, you know, when he was coming up and when I was doing TV shows, we were talking more often about our experiences. I haven't talked to him lately, but if I tweeted him, he'd probably hit me back. And for so, those of you who don't world. know, Nick Kroll is in the show The League. Which is hilarious. I love it. Yeah. And I think he also has his own Comedy Central kind of like skit type show. Yeah, the Nick Kroll show, which it seems to have done pretty well. Um, what I'm watching, I'm watching a, a crazy channel called Open Source Machine Tools. And it doesn't seem to have any like one personality. I don't know. I, 
I heard a pod, uh, I heard like, I think I might've heard like a Ted talk hour months and months and months ago. And I think I accidentally found this channel. And now that I'm reading the name open source machine tools, it might've been talked about on a Ted talk where it's like, uh, basically everybody in the world can kind of learn this technology without having to be like a journeyman or, you know, and that's a whole nother complicated conversation. And people don't like the fact that you can just be, be whatever you are want now without, you know, years of training as a child and to adulthood. But open source machine tools has locked. The one thing I love, because now I'm going to get this, uh, this sort of vintage lathe, there's all these old uh, industrial tutorials done in black and white about how to use the machine tools and, and other tools. But these old black and white uh, tutorials from the 40s and the 50s, they're incredibly well made. They're so well explained explaining the task of the subject of the video and they're just incredible i mean you watch these things and it's like enjoyable to watch it's all old black and white films um there's some new color films as well but uh it's definitely a good thing to take a look at for machine if you're into the machining aspect of things open source machine tools nice cool well i've watched um this guy for a while i met him actually in chicago and he does um he goes by the engineer guy. His name's Bill, and his channel is called Engineer Guy. But he does these really well-made videos about different engineering kind of just things that already exist. But he explains them, think commonplace things, and he explains them in a way that you didn't, you wouldn't have thought. Like he I gives think you. I the, saw him. You I think I, I think I probably have. He's done one recently. The, the latest one I saw was the mechanics of a film projector, and he explains like. What's actually happening when you watch a film movie in the oh, projector? Yes. And it's I not totally as, watched him. Yeah, yeah it's not great. as simple as you think. It's pretty cool. But he did one that's really cool about how an aluminum can gets made and like yes. the process for how that it's was the one that went out. around Facebook a few months back, right? Yeah, yeah, probably was. Yeah. Yep. But um, he's he's a super nice guy, and he actually gave me a lot of really great advice about making videos and sharing video and stuff. But I also just really enjoy the the kind of engineering mind that goes into how he explains things. So yeah. Yeah. Great channel. Great channel. I'm looking at it now and I totally watched this guy. Yeah. Just definitely check that out. Bill Hammock. I think is his last name. Um, so yeah, that's probably it for us this week. Where can we find out about everybody? You can find me at drunkenwoodworker.com, And that has links to my YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Snapchat, <laughs> Uh, what uh, what else am I on? Pinterest, Pinterest, Periscope, <laughs> Periscope. MySpace, <laughs> MySpace. Friendster. <laughs> oh man, I miss Friendster. So yes, drunkenwoodworker.com. What does that mean? Yeah, JimmyDeresta.com, and uh, I have I mentioned it in my tips video. I have I'm not wearing one right now, but I have mossy oak camo hats that everybody was asking me for in emails because I I first offered black hats on my channel on my website. Now I have both. So, camo hats, jimmydressed.com. Cool. You can find me at I like to make stuff.geocities.com. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> I like to make stuff.com has links to all my stuff, all the same stuff that David was talking about. Maybe not all of that, but Google. Google. Yeah, you can Google any of us and find us. So, that's it for this week. Thanks for listening, everybody. Thank and, you. Uh, we'll see you next time. Later. Peace and love. <laughs>